culture. I, I do this for my culture. Black culture and hip hop culture. <laughs> it's Corners of the Culture. With D-Lo and KC. Let's go, baby. We in here on the latest edition of the Corners of the Culture podcast. Wherever you are, we appreciate you so much for being with us, downloading, subscribing across the different platforms. For those that are watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. Uh, I'm Damian Barling. He's Kenny Caraway. Yeah. Along with the dope ones. Don is dope. Indeed. We appreciate y'all so much uh, for being with us. Make sure you're following everybody across the social media platforms at Damian Barling, at IMK Diddy. At Don is dope. Make sure you're following the dope ones on IG as well. Get, uh, get a look. Uh, obviously, you see all the incredible videos that my man creates here for this podcast. But take a look at all of his amazing graphic design work, T-shirt work, hoodie work, all of that good stuff. Uh, again, over at uh, Don is dope it's and the love, dope ones official. Man. So here we are. So the uh, Dear Mama series did conclude. I don't know why I thought it was six episodes. I don't know what series i've been watching lately that was like this is a six-part series um but i watched the so i think we last talked episodes one and two had aired yep so we had the opportunity obviously to watch three four and five i re-watched four and five a second time yesterday man those joints were emotional mm. yeah they were those two episodes were phenomenal and they really tell the story of what was I don't know if you guys caught this, but they were showing pocket or that, you know, they were they were they, they were kind of getting to the part of, you know, Pac getting out of jail and Suge Knight entering the equation and the contract that they wrote up. And I don't know if you all caught the date on the contract, but it was September 15th, 1995. Pac died on September 13th, 1996. Mm. We're talking less than a less year. Than a year. All of this happened, right? Wow. Like less than a year. And again, man, what a what an incredibly emotional conclusion to what I'd say. I I, I was gonna call it the the best musical documentary I've ever seen, but I don't even know what is in that category. Right. Like I it's one of the best documentaries, period. Yeah, for sure. I've ever seen. Definitely one no, of the best hip hop. Real quick, off the top of my head, the Jimmy Iovine one was was, oh, it was, was very sick. good. Yeah, that and they sick. did that. I think Alan Hughes did, did that one too. Yeah, the oh, Defiant yeah. one. Yeah, that was yeah, the, yeah. It was Jimmy Iovine, Dr. Dre, the whole thing. Yeah, that was sick. But I mean, that's we talking about the creme de la creme at this point. For you sure. know, that was by far the best thing I've ever seen on Tupac. The best, like, and it took feels like twenty five years to get to there. Get it. But that was. That was amazing. Yeah, no, it definitely was, man. I mean, honestly, man, it gives me gives me chills, man, because what I did was after the fifth episode, I watched it like with my family because, you know, it was Mother's Day weekend, obviously, but I made sure to watch it, but mm -hmm. I didn't really get it. So I had to sit with it again. But instead mm -hmm. of going back just to that one, I went back from the beginning and watched every single episode mm -hmm. and, and, you know, in continuity and just chills you know what i mean mm -hmm. just it really just gave me chills the way it was put together the way they paralleled you know things in Pac's life things in the Fanny's life mm -hmm. but if i had to you know just speak on one initial takeaway from it all uh to me it's really a Fanny's story mm. it's really a Fanny Shakur story right because without overstating the obvious we wouldn't have Pac if it mm -hmm. wasn't for her mm. You know, obviously, you know, just aside from her being a mother, just being like 
she was an icon, honestly. And it's like when, 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 whenever, so like I go back to Thug Angel or even Tupac Resurrection or whatever sort of, you know, documentary or, you know, biography on Pac, it almost seems like a faint story. It was almost like a footnote. It's like, oh, yeah, she was a Black Panther. She beat her case, Panther 21. She had Pac, you know, conceived in jail. But they never went into detail the way they did. And to see that whole thing play out mm -hmm. the way, you know, her comrades left her there basically to crazy. defend for herself. Yeah. She literally had no legal representation, but she wasn't intimidated by the system. All the while, she's carrying this baby. And, you know, she stated in, 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 the, in the documentary how she couldn't carry. She would have miscarriages. Mm -hmm. And in the worst condition, she is carrying this child throughout this whole thing. I mean, she's she's a queen. She's yeah. an icon. It's yeah. her story. You know what I'm saying? And she deserves to be put on that pedestal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because her story is incredible. One of the one of the things that um, I kept thinking about, like we do a sports show, we talk about sports all the time. And. I hope this doesn't come off disrespectful or anything like that. I don't mean it that way by no means, but it's almost as if um, Pac was a, a prodigy. You ever see like the, the NBA player who's really good and he has a son and his son is like the, the NBA player was an average NBA player, but the son is the one. Son is the mm -hmm. one. Like yeah. he grooms like him, Steph. he gets him. Yeah, right, it's right. Like, Curry like he's yeah. he's the one. Yeah. Like because he he kind of saw what the NBA was like or whatever, and he had that early like um it, it being influenced by it early. And, yeah. and the and the dad and the mom are like, no, he's the one. He'd be shooting all the time, all the time. It's almost what I feel with Pac and Afini. Yeah, like she was the pro, mm -hmm. but he was gonna be the one. Yeah. Like his, uh Big Floyd and Little Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, Floyd Mayweather yeah. was uh, Mayweather a championship level boxer, right? But Little Floyd was the one, right? That's the one they brought, and that's I. I don't know if it's just the sports brain in me, but I yeah. kept having those parallels of she groomed him for sure to be everything for sure that she wanted in a in a in a man in an activist and somebody that could change the world, and I just kept coming to my mind as I watched that. Yeah, I think Alan Hughes deserves a lot of credit in this as well, because Donnie, you mentioned the, you know, the differences and, you know, uh, Resurrection and, and and Thug Angel and all those Tupac documentaries of the past and how Afini was just kind of like a, a background figure and all that. And I think this was a an effort to make sure that she wasn't like this was a documentary on Tupac and Afini, like it wasn't mm -hmm. a documentary on Tupac where Afini's story was told like it was a it was a documentary on both of them mm -hmm. and how one's experiences shaped the other and we talked about in the first episode that we did of this after the first two episodes it aired when the first episode comes on it it's okay there's not a lot of Afini in this like this is it's a lot of so it's like, like it's cool it's a lot of pock but it's not really what i expected especially with the series being named dear mama right. that obviously quickly changed, changed in episode number two and then through three four and five i thought the two stories were uh interwoven beautifully it was a brilliant idea to release the first two episodes at the same time yeah because it gives you the setup for pock then it gives you the setup for afini yeah 
and then the two stories are told together. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to Aunt Glow. Because oh yeah. Without Aunt Gloria, she 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 is, you know, the um the griot, if you will, of the family legacy. And you know, she even says it, you know, I hit the jackpot, you know, as far as my sister and my nephew. And thankfully, I'm here to tell the whole story, mm -hmm. you know, the whole truth, you know, good, bad, and indifferent. Mm -hmm. And I think I mentioned it in the first uh episode that we did where she's in the special features of Tupac resurrection. Mm -hmm. But the story she's telling, I'm like, damn, they should have included this in the documentary because mm -hmm. I don't I think of Fanny was, yeah, she was still alive. She passed in 2016. So she was still alive when Tupac Resurrection came out. But I think, yeah, it was it was centric, it was centered on Pac's life. And again, Fanny's kind of in the background. So it was Aunt Glow's duty almost to tell their whole, you know, story. So Damien, to your point, how you were saying, like, well, you know, we're not going to learn much. As far as Pac, you're right. I don't think we learn too much. I think the only thing that I feel like I, I took away that I didn't know is that he was hiding out of Jasmine Guy's house. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When he mm -hmm. when he checked himself out of the hospital. Mm -hmm. that's probably I the, didn't know that either. That's probably the only thing I think I that, mean, I, that how I... How close they were. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, he was there. You always hear about Jada. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't hear as right. much about Jasmine right. Guy. And even Afini was like, this is she wrote this. She yeah, wrote yeah. a book. Yeah. yeah, she wrote the book about it. And then I yeah, I found it odd too that they interviewed Jada. They didn't interview Mopreme. Mm -hmm. They didn't interview Tupac's sister. I mean, they could have tried. They could like in tried. all in all yeah. fairness. Like they could have tried. I mean, yeah. Dr. Dre wasn't like they didn't spare any. They, you know, they they clearly were turning over all stones. True. She could have just said no. True. And it looks like this was filmed, I'm gonna guess in 2020. Like if you look at you like the, the, the Mike Tyson, where Mike Tyson is just sweating like you wouldn't believe yeah, 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 yeah. someone comes over to to clean him up and you you see this a lot that the 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 assistants and the producers have a masks mask on, on. Okay. so it may, maybe it's 2020 maybe it's early 2021 yeah uh but it feels like you, this could have point but long long so, maybe this was at a time jada wasn't in a place right jada had some other <laughs> to, things going to on. go to go right. do a documentary about tupac right. but they don't even mention her though i don't think they say her name once i see her picture in One the high time, school yeah when they're young and shit, but I mean, I found that to be odd, but yeah, that's a good point, Damien. It probably had a lot to do with what was going Maybe on. that stuff is overblown a little bit. Maybe it too. could be, yeah. it could be, but then I don't like know. Like they're friends, like it's a, well, it's a, it's a friendship. I don't think it's overblown simply because, okay, Tupac resurrection. There's a scene where he's like, yeah, I would give Jada my heart, my liver, my lungs. Like, you know, he has poems about her and, mm -hmm. you know, I think they were really that close. I really do. But mm -hmm. You know, whatever they can't. I feel like they can't cram everything into it, but they they got what was essential, right? But as far as Fanny, I mean, aside from defending herself, you know how high ranking she actually was in the Panthers and her role, like right, she wasn't just you know the militant, you know, strong willed woman. I mean, she was active, like her her whole um, healthcare advocacy thing. Right. Like she helped craft the first like patient bill of rights, mm. which is huge. Like that, you know, that's huge. Right. And so for a, this this woman to be so, you know, powerful and so influential, you know, she was recruiting young uh, Panther members like Uncle Jamal. Mm -hmm. You know, who speaks and how, you know, everybody's sort of gravitating towards her, even though this is just you, 
there aren't any women, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, who are mm-hmm. leading, you know, within the Panthers. It's it's, it's Bobby Seal and it's Aldrich Cleveland, it's mm-hmm. Huey, but here's a Fanny Shakur. And then to just further drive the point home about how exceptional she was, she, against all odds, won her case mm-hmm. that she was facing like two, three hundred years they were trying to give her. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's just it's just really incredible when you the Panther 21 is a fascinating case. It is like when you read about it and you learn about it and you. It's all bullshit. It's all it's <laughs> like the, fabricated. the whole thing is like, wow, they took all these people to try on this. Yeah. On that, like you, 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 you said these people were out there trying to b- blow up Macy's and all these I mean, New York. Uh, That's I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like just seeing that because I learned some things about that in the documentary, comparing that with you know uh, Judas and the Black Messiah with Fred exactly. and mm-hmm. Huey mm-hmm. Newton. I was sitting there, I watched it, I sat there like I can't, and it probably does in some form or fashion. I can't imagine this stuff happening. <laughs> like they they was out here just killing these men. Mm-hmm. No no crime committed. Right. It wasn't like uh oh they covered it up and the mob got to them and you know it was a friendly fr- no. Mm-hmm. Like government and they was out here killing these men. Yeah. It was just nothing. It was like yeah. it's whatever. They were out here putting the Panthers on trial trying to give them 200 years for nothing. Mhm. Like they was just letting the shit happen. They called the Black Panthers the single greatest threat to, to American yeah, society. Yeah. Um J. Edgar Hoover said that. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult to find <laughs> good literature, good documentaries on the Black Panthers. It's really hard because everybody has a different story to tell. Mm-hmm. And the most central figures are gone. Like Huey yeah. P. Newton is gone, Fred Hampton is gone. Like yeah. there, there are certainly still a few very, very important figures that are still alive, but everyone has like a different way of a, a different way of telling the story yeah. and to find like a true piece of information, pure information on the black Panthers is extremely difficult. No, it's mm-hmm. tough. It's definitely tough. This was one of the best to it be was. honest with yeah, you. Was. Yeah. This it, was one it, of the best. Absolutely was. It, There's one that I would suggest though. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. It's a, it's a very little known little, publicity it was a it was a one-man show by roger guinevere smith the 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 brother who played smiley and do the right thing okay uh he plays huey p newton it's called a huey p newton story it's mm-hmm. a one-man show and spike Lee directed on, it i think it's on amazon yeah mm-hmm. it might be it it's kind of bizarre it's bizarre it, it's weird it yeah. is and it's sh- and it and it's like it's like and this is a point i want to get to about pop it's about huey being the founder but at a place so he wrote a book called revolutionary suicide Mm -hmm. but at this point in time huey was suffering from full-blown ptsd Mm. you know what i'm saying and and there's another document i can't think of the name of it but it talks about that but the this particular documentary it's the first person narrative and it basically tells his story and his thinking behind formulating the panthers Mm -hmm. that i saw that maybe like over 10 years ago it sparked my interest in the panthers mm-hmm. and i wanted to learn more just because he was such a complex figure mm-hmm. and now with with this documentary being so in depth just about that case alone it's like there needs to be more there needs to yeah. be more on the panthers mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah. the that that's a, it the one man show it's really weird yeah, like it's it it's you you have to go into it knowing you're gonna you're not really sure what you're watching mm-hmm. 
but it's it's an actor playing a real person doing a one man show. Hmm. It's 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 definitely different. Yeah, it's it a hell of an approach to is. the to the story, uh, but it's it's worth watching no, for sure. It. It's, mean, it's 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 worth watching. Yeah, I, I got to check that out. Yeah. I, I just I can't overstate like how um, mind blowing it is to me that they would just take these people yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, just imagine, I'm not going to put no names out there right now. Cause I don't even want that, that energy, but just imagine somebody today, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. ramsack their apartment, shoot them up 20 times, put them, you know, poison them, all this other stuff. And they're like, it, it just happened. They don't even say nothing. They don't even like, we think it was a robbery gone bad or they don't even cover it up. Right. They don't even say nothing. They just, Oh no, they cover it up. They tell you they were shot at. Like that's the story that that's the Fred Hampton story. We were shot at. We had to return fire. Whereas all evidence is like, yeah, no, you weren't like, there's literally no bullet wound. I think there was one one shot. Came. Bullet went this yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And all indications are that bullet was fired after, after. he was shot. Yeah. And he just like, it was just a rea- it was He was dead. It was just right. a reaction. It right. wasn't, it wasn't going at anything. Exactly. Just imagine, and then it just it just go it just that's what it is, right? <laughs> that's what it is. Ain't no investigation, ain't no nothing like this. What yeah. and they did this not only to Fred, but just to the, all of these Black Panther Party members. Just and nobody does anything about it. Just kind of boggles me when you I like I've I've heard it in different ways a number of different times, but just kind of going through it again, it's like, bro, like for real, yeah, for real. And they the story and they wonder the- they wonder why we feel the way we feel. Mm-hmm. The story of the Black Panthers needs to be told a lot louder and a lot more frequently than it is. It absolutely does. And so like the un the 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 unfathomable idea that they could be deemed, you know, a terrorist organization mm-hmm. when, you know, their biggest initiative when they were in, you know, when they were active was a free breakfast program. Mm-hmm. That was literally the biggest like coordinated thing that they did. Mm-hmm. And, and it wasn't fed, for black kids. Right. Well, it was, what, it was for all, it was kids. For all kids. It was all exactly. kids. It wasn't yeah. just for black it, that's kids. That's what I mean. It was. It, was, it, was, it wasn't like, kids. oh, we're only feeding poor black kids. Right. right. They were feeding poor families. Everybody. Everybody. And at a certain point, it were more white people with black Panther rallies that's than why they, they were black people. That's why they were scared to death of them. Yeah. When they, they were reaching, they was bec- reaching across the aisle because mm-hmm. the Black Panthers were the ones who went to the poor people, the poor white people, and were like, you know, they don't give a fuck about you either. Right. Like you don't matter to them. Right. And then they were like, God damn. This dude's right. This. Yeah, this dude's like, right. we got to stop all this. Yeah. yeah, and so to your point, Kenny. Right. So after the Panthers disbanded, you know, they talk about it in the documentary, like the ones who were left were left with nothing. Mm-hmm. They decimated everything. Mm-hmm. If your name was associated with it, you couldn't get a job. So here's a Fanny Shakur. Just beat her case. You know, it's just jubilee, right? It's just you know mm-hmm. amazing. But she has nothing. So, you know, they start moving around. Pac starts getting, you know, parceled out to all these different places due to the fact that her last name is Shakur and his last name is Shakur. So the whole thing about the FBI following them, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And just being targeted, right? Well, I'm sure Asada didn't help that either. Asada Shakur yeah. absolutely <laughs> yeah. didn't. Neither, 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 uh, neither did um, Matulu, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, yep. So, and Geronimo Pratt too. So all of this is following them literally everywhere they go. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely no I don't think I know Pac had PTSD too because who 
like who knows what he saw just growing up mm -hmm. right but then once he becomes a star from the time juice comes out to the time of his death the laundry list of cases he caught and shit he was involved in it couldn't have felt like it was getting better it had to feel like the walls were closing in mm. it just had to feel like it was it was getting to be too much so the episode when you know he talks about going into the woods right so i mentioned that in the first one about mm -hmm. what Uncle was talking about so to, to to hear her say that and how she cried her guts out and you know how that whole thing was going to play out like mm -hmm. you know Pac had to be going through an incredible amount of pain internally already mm -hmm. and then he's about to go to jail for something he didn't do like right. i can't imagine Right. I just can't imagine. Yeah, I think that was the. This is one of the most in depth ways that the the New York prison sentence has ever been told. In terms of, there's really no evidence that he did anything other than he was there, and he has been adamant about his innocence yeah. from jump. Right, like from the. I mean, standing outside. I don't know if it was a courtroom, but he's standing on a street corner. He's talking for like. 20 minutes to reporters his lawyers are trying to pull him away and he's yeah. like fuck you i didn't do this right why am i here i'm here because they know my name mm -hmm. i'm here because i'm guilty by association but who was i associated with and where are they where they at and he spoke on that for again 20 minutes just yeah. outside the reporters while lawyers pulling him away pulling him away yeah he's like no nah, y'all gonna hear what i have to say right and uh, when you say there he was like in the same building he wasn't even like in the room yeah he wasn't in the room don't even know if he was on the same we might have been the same floor or whatever but like he whatever happened like it really feels if it's he was nowhere around mm -hmm. yet he was facing what seven eight years yeah, yeah. i think so yeah no, had you there's there's two other things that i think were discussed in in or, or one other thing that i was referenced in link that i i think is worth pointing out because I feel like Kenny, you and I talked about this once because I feel I just learned this within. It's the it's the time that D'Lo and KC has been on the air. So probably my guess, I feel like it's within the last year, it might be within the last two years. And I can't remember if I read it in a book uh -huh. or where I came across it. But this documentary made it clear. And, you know, Pac died 96. I was, it was September. So I had just turned 16 years old. And I remember the day Pac died talking to my man. I we was on the phone. We were talking about Tupac because the belief was he was doing better yeah. and he was going to be fine. And like, it's just what Pac does. Like Pac gets shot, Pac recovers, he makes some records and we move on. Yeah. Um, I remember hanging up the phone with him, turning on my little black and white TV or whatever raggedy piece of shit I had in my bedroom. And the first thing I saw was Pac is dead. And at the time, again, at the time we were with 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 information not available like it was or like it is now. The word was he was getting better. However, like that word got out there or however it was spread or however that became a rumor, like it was out there. This was the first time I feel like in a documentary they were like, yeah, he was dead. Was, like he he was being kept like he never got he was better. Never close. He was yeah. never close. He wasn't recovering like he was. I don't want to say he was dead for six days, like he was being kept alive right. for six days. Exactly. And I think that's not, that's kind of a, 
that's something that I hadn't learned till within the last, I thought something happened and things just got worse. Like yeah. he was never in a position after that shooting in Las Vegas where he was going to live. Mm, I don't yeah. think I even knew he lost his, his finger was shot off. I had no, I just, I, that's another I, thing that yeah. I learned that he was like, even if he did survive, it was, he would not have been the same at all. No. He probably would have had a dialysis machine. Mm-hmm. He had a yeah. finger missing. Right. Yeah. He just wouldn't have, he, I mean, you know what I mean? He would have been so disabled that it's like, yeah. um, but, I'm thinking about as you talk about when you found out, I remember how I, I was 12. I was in the sixth grade when I found out. Right. And at that point, Pac was a superhero mm-hmm. because he had already survived five shots. Mm-hmm. And the length of time from when he got shot in Vegas to when he actually was pronounced mm-hmm. dead. I think the general consensus, even big said it in the, you know, mm-hmm. we thought we just collectively thought this dude gets shot or shot at. He's going to make it out like Pac ain't dead. There's no mm-hmm. way. Because at that point, a uh, rap star in the height of his career being killed was not yeah. a thing. It wasn't a thing. He'd make it out. You make know what I'm saying? About exactly. It so I don't think we could fathom that collectively. Yeah. I don't think we could understand that. Okay. He's actually going to die from his wounds. He's going to succumb to them. I remember this girl, Kayla Kennedy. I'll never forget it. She ran up to me. I was waiting for a mom to come pick me up. And she ran and said, oh, Tupac, just, they just pronounced him dead. Like I was just outside. Mm-hmm. And I just remember this feeling of dread come over me. Like, mm-hmm. no, like there's no, there's just no way. Um, because at that point, again, I mean, he was just, he was just larger than life. Like mm-hmm. this dude was just, he was just, you know, he was, to me, he was the biggest and brightest star that we had ever seen up until that point, even with him and Big. And I was a, the biggest Biggie fan, but the, uh, Big wasn't making movies. Big mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, as outspoken. Big wasn't, you know, in, in the news all the time. You know, there's a uh, the MTV, like Pac owned MTV at mm-hmm. that time. You know what I'm saying? There's a the, the excerpt from Weekend Rock was like, no, it's actually the Weekend Pac. It isn't Tupac Shakur, <laughs> right? Because that's how much he dominated mm-hmm. just everybody's psyche and just media. And then when they when when he was pronounced dead, I just remember this shit just felt dark. It was the first time I can remember one of those moments where it's like, remember where you were when that happened kind mm-hmm. of thing. And it just speaks to in the five years, five is all we had him for in that five years. Dude said it, the, the director of America's Most Wanted and um, the other one, the director guy, I can't think of his name, I think it's Gobi or something. He's like, Pac did more in 25 years than most people did in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. And without sounding blasphemous, this is his quote, mm-hmm. where where was Jesus at at 25? Right. Imagine if they let Pac live to be 33. Now, that's a perfect segue because it's time for Kenny's question. Mm. We've named it. If you'd like to sponsor Kenny <laughs> questions, just uh, just hit us up. We'll, we'll get your we'll get your um, business out there. <laughs> I remember I remember on another doc, Shock G saying the same thing in a different way. He was like when Malcolm X was twenty five. He was a mm-hmm. street hustler. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a that's a Quincy Jones quote that mm-hmm. he was quoting. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And Martin Luther King yep. was just a you know. So he didn't get a chance to see his full potential right. of what he was going to be as a man. But another thing that I noticed watching this thing. And I don't think like he would have fell off the face of the earth or nothing like that. Like maybe he would have just transformed into something else. But Pac, as we know, him, was not going to be here for a long time, not yeah. on the earth, but just what he was doing. 
he was doing, he was running himself into the ground. Yeah. He was, <laughs> he would have, and I, I'm, I just, just how I feel. Like you see different guys since then, there would have been, I, I'm not going to put like mental breakdown on them or nothing like that, but there would have been a time where he's like, I need to just, I'm doing too much. I need to get away. And I think Pac would have been gone for a year or so. He was, the schedule and the pace that he was going at with making music and moving stuff like that. Yeah. And like you said, in five years, like you did all of that in like five years, by the time he was 30, he would have been, let me pause, bro. That's what I believe. And I, it's, it, it, it brings back a conversation we had in, in our first discussion about this is did he do all that? Cause he knew I ain't going to be here. Like, Maybe. did he, did he record what, what, it, what, what was the line like about hit him up? Ready or I, I don't remember who I think it was, I don't remember. I think it was shock G or, uh, it was money B. It was like, I don't know about this hit him up record. And Pac was like, fuck that. I don't care. nothing. Like, forget right. that record. That's I just recorded. I just try. I, I, I got seven albums yeah. ready to drop. I, ain't, yeah. I don't care nothing about that. Right. And I, I like, did he do that? Did all of the movies, one on top of the yeah. other, because it's like, I ain't going to be here much longer. Yeah, quite possibly. There's a scene in Thug Angel because I was watching it uh, early this morning. It's hella blurry on YouTube, but um, Layla Steinberg talks about how before he got signed to Interscope, he gave her a like a whole stack of his poetry books because, and he was what nineteen, I think, when he got signed. Um, he was like, "Here, take these." Because when I die, you will be able to show the world this side of me. A 19-year-old who has that kind of fatalistic attitude or just, you know, has come to grips with, like, his own demise. Because, I mean, throughout his entire career, he spoke about it. Throughout his entire time in the limelight, Mm -hmm. there was some mention of, you know, having visions of you know leaving here in a hearse like he was constantly talking about it mm-hmm. and i wonder if it was a it was a product of how cynical he became because he was angry we talked about that we know he was angry but was he cynical about his own existence mm-hmm. was he cynical about whether or not he was going to become a statistic. And I feel like from early, he felt like he was, he he said it in the Tanya Hart interview. He's like, my mother knew freedom. She wouldn't see freedom in her lifetime. Just like, I know I won't see freedom in mine. This is his first BET interview. He says this shit. Mm -hmm. So he had a seed planted, like through some series of life experience or just witnessing everything that he did that it wasn't, he wasn't going to live long, you know? Mm -hmm. So to your point, Damien, I think if that's in the back of your mind, if you like, okay, my life is finite. This shit ain't forever. I'm not going to be here that long. Let me just go as hard as I possibly can. And to your point, Kenny, I don't think he had the, I don't think he had it in him to pump the brakes. Mm. I think he, 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 because again, the, the, comment about him being 25 uh, accomplishing more than anybody in their life and most people in their lifetime has to do with his uncomprehensive uncomprehensible work ethic Mm -hmm. 
And that's got to come from feeling like the end is near. Oh, no, no. You know what I'm saying? I that. And, and I wish the end wasn't near. It was just, I just watched that and I was like, nobody can keep that pace up. Well, how? 10 years. Like, hell no. Sleeping two hours, recording music. Hell video. no. Like, I'd, I'd, he would have he gassed out. How much of that, too, talking about death, being around, being in the spotlight for that brief period of time and always having that thought of death in the back of your mind, how much of that, like we hear about manifesting your own destiny? Exactly. How much of that is, well, that was destined to be his fate, or how much did he make sure that that was his fate? Mm. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Like, and Well, and that goes into some of the questions. Like, I think I, I watching this and, and knowing what I know of Pac, um, he, I, I, I believe in his heart. I believe in the heart that he had. He had a big heart. I believe in the message that he would consistently put out there as far as, you know, black empowerment and bringing people together and, and things of that nature. I believe that's who he was, but he did some, did some fucked up shit. No, like he, he just going around beating people up and he fighting did. people. And I mean, Orlando Anderson, I, bro, yeah. even if I, ne I had never seen him after the pot or excuse me, the Tyson fight in the, arena the lobby, yeah. oh, just like looking around before? like yo what yeah. what we about to fight yeah like I, I don't i would i would shake my head watching like why Pac? like that's not this Han would say that's not who you are nah. like you're you <laughs> got a different heart you fuck can, did we get here yeah, yeah. you got yeah. a different heart you got a different yeah. soul and he would just go around even like when he was on trial um for for the sexual assault yeah. they talked about he had like seven other cases of him just going around beating people and all this other stuff like why bro like that's you better than that that's what i always that's what i was thinking as a watch like you have to yo your heart was so pure and it was it was your mind you understood stuff so well like why were you doing all this stuff i got a hot take though man because i was thinking about this for the past two, three days. And Don's adjusting his bill yeah. like a lot. So, yeah. you know, he about to drop yeah. some, he about to drop something right here. Yeah. He's about to say something that's going to make everybody bag. uncomfortable. Everybody's He's gonna getting in his bag. And I want to come back to your point too. House party three is the best <laughs> house party. <laughs> it is though. Anyway, um, early in his career, after he did Juice, the consensus from the media and reporters when he started getting into trouble was that he was emulating Bishop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was Bishop. Mm -hmm. So I started to think about this because there's a, there's a video of him when he was filming juice and he's walking around New York. I don't know if y'all ever seen it, but he, 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 he runs up on this dude at a, at a, at a newsstand who's bootlegging. This was in the height of bootlegging in the early nineties in New York. Mm -hmm. This dude has a bunch of tapes, on display and one of the tapes is a digital underground tape and Pac loses it he's like take my tape down right now this is my tape you ain't paying me or my band members or my rec take this shit down now or i swear i'm gonna flip this whole thing over mm. and you know i get it i get where he's coming from mm. but it's also like in the approach and then how volatile he was just mm. like that. He was mm. laughing, joking, rapping, and then he walks up on this dude and sees his tape. So the Alan Hughes situation, when he talks about that, when he talks about what transpired between them, which causes that fight. So I go back to was Pac actually Bishop? And my answer is, yeah, he was. Mm. Pac 
was absolutely Bishop, not killing his friends, mm -hmm. but the core of that person, that character with his chip on his shoulder, you got to get the ground beneath your feet, mm -hmm. the wind behind your back and go out in a blaze if you got to. Mm -hmm. That was Pac. So mm -hmm. say, say, say that again. You said, you said, you said, uh, Pac was Bishop. I say he, the core of yeah, yeah. Bishop was. But what if Bishop was Pac? Exactly. Hmm. Exactly. It's a mirror. Hmm. It's art imitating life and vice versa. Hmm. Because I think for him to play that role so well, to come in off a cold read, to have never done played a movie before, well, huh? he played like, it too, too well. well. It was, mm -hmm. it, no, he's yeah. not a ruthless killer. Right, right. But that ain't really who Bishop was. Right. Bishop was a misguided young Bishop was a regular kid. He, he was, was a regular, a regular kid, kid. And then he just got, but he would get set off. Yeah. yeah at yeah. You know, the drop of a dime. So I feel like he, he, he absolutely, he was. How much of the like legacy of Tupac is, I, I don't want this to come across the wrong way. How much of it is romanticized based on the fact that it was, it, it's so much of Tupac is a, what if like everyone, like, like I think everybody used an example of, what was you know what if he had lived to 33 or this is what malcolm x was or this is what dr king was i know Pac could have not been shit at 33 but part of but but it's hard to it's hard to fathom based on the first 25 years and what he was in that short time that he was in front of everybody but how much of the legacy of tupac is the great what if question a lot of it a lot of it because i always say if 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 Ice Cube had died right before the Predator came out, we talk about Ice Cube like we talked about Pac. Hmm. Yeah. Like, think about everything Ice Cube accomplished with with America's Most Wanted, Death Certificate. Uh, you know, the 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 the, the L.A. riots happened in that time frame. Straight out of Compton, uh, bringing a, a a different version of uh, they called it reality rap, gangster hmm. rap. You know, to, to, to the forefront of it, and then he's gone, hmm. and he's just. God, what's maybe a little, little older than Pac when 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 Predator comes out? I feel like we talk about Ice Cube the way we talk about Tupac. I think the difference between those two in that time is there's something about Pac that he he made people feel. Like he connected with people beyond music, beyond music. And I'm not saying Ice Cube didn't, but how many? But how many? <laughs> this sounds like I'm. I don't want like how many people connected with Pac after he died? Because like about look, as many people that connected with Nipsey after he died. Exactly, right? that's way more. Right, like but, you like no one was talking. Not as many people, not nearly as many people were talking about Nipsey Hussle when he was alive. Maybe not the the, the see, masses. And I know Ice Cube has these people too, but and this is different because Pac don't really have a home. But in L.A., they there's a reason Nipsey sold out Staples. And gotten to Staples. Like they loved that man before he got shot. They loved what he was, but they also loved what he was about. They love, and this is not saying once again, Cube couldn't do it or wasn't going to do it, but there was a connection Nipsey had to the people in his neighborhood where he was like, yeah, I make music, but look, look at what I'm trying to establish and teach you guys. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to teach you more than just this rap music. I'm trying to teach you, and that, and that's something Pac had. Pac was like, "Yeah, I rap, and I rap about it, but like to fuck music, like we we need to come together." And people felt that. 
People yeah. felt that. And, and once again, not saying they didn't feel it from Q, but I think there was just something different between those two, Nip and Pac. I think they have a lot of similarities. Their death, you know, heightens it to the masses, I think, for sure. It, it, it doesn't hurt that that argument. But they have people feeling before they before they pass. Nipsey mm-hmm. wasn't as big. He wasn't as big in his life as he was in his death. Mm-hmm. Tupac was the biggest rapper on earth before he died. Mm-hmm. He was the Michael Jackson of rap music before he died. Nip, unfortunately, did not get his praise, his due until mm-hmm. after. You know, and I think that's the biggest difference. I think Pac captured people as soon as he hit, as soon as he came on the scene, he was, mm-hmm. you know, he was huge. Part of that had to do with the fact that he was doing movies and music at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he was outspoken and he was doing speeches and he was, you know, active. He was, he was speaking out like his first album was a revolutionary album. Mm-hmm. And then the difference between Pog and Cube, Cube very much was a star, you know, f- from NWA into his solo career. Uh, and he did movies too. But I do think the difference, the connective tissue that Pac had that other rappers didn't was that he was out. He was so outspoken about things like to the point where, you know, he's calling people out. He's calling people out on their shit. He's, you know, letting it be known. He, you know, he's a product of the Panthers. And mm-hmm. I think that resonated with people in a different way because somehow, somehow, because I feel like in, in, we tend to not lean in so much to people who are preachy to especially artists who are preachy somehow Pac wasn't preachy mm. he was passionate so his passion came across and i think it connected with people more than it would be if he was saying well you need to do this and y'all need to do that and this needs to happen like he was mm. so passionate just in whatever he said i feel like that's the difference i i, I mean and, and when i say that obviously that's no knock on cube and what he was um you know, at that particular age or whatever, but we talk about like two, but there's like, you can count on one hand, the people that commute that connected with people the way Pac did. I I believe I, I, I don't like, agree. Do think, I, I think, think if, they, if, if Jay-Z died after volume two, like he would have, we would look at him nah. the, the same. Nah, like, and nah. he was an unbelievable. Yeah. Like two classic albums, three classic yeah. albums, but there's a connectivity Definitely. that, Pop, like I said, yeah, I think you're shortchanging Cube. This isn't about Ice Cube, but I think you're really like you were. You were like eight when the Predator came out, nine mm-hmm. maybe, just over your golden age of seven that we often <laughs> talk about on the show. But <laughs> I, I think again, this isn't a Cube episode. We do, we don't have to go down this road. The whole point was I I I I feel like Pac has grown so much more in death. He was huge in life, but he's grown so much more in death. That's not that's, that's not yeah, exclusive no, it's, to it's Tupac. Undeniable. Like that happens with a lot of artists that die young. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can run through that 27 club of rock and roll artists and it doesn't really pertain to them. Mm-hmm. Like Pac, Pac has been doing math as it's Pac has been dead longer than he's been alive. 27 years. Yeah, he's almost 30 it was 25. Yeah, like, yeah, years. Pac Pac has been dead longer than he was actually here. And he's every bit as relevant today as he was then. Yeah. Um, that's a that's that's certainly a a, a rarity. The, real quick, the other thing about that that I think happens is in the hip hop community and the black community, mm-hmm. and I, I, I'm not trying to minimize 
rock and roll artists who die young or nothing like I, I really swear I'm not. But these hip hop artists and guys like Pac, they mean so much mm -hmm. to our community and our culture. They're Black more, artists are bigger. Yes. Because that's they who just, we turn they to. mean yeah, so absolutely. much to us. Yeah. They absolutely. they represent so many different things. Hope, uh, promise, like inspiration. So few or far between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They mean so much. And I think that's why when we lose one, oh man, it yeah. it hurts yeah. so bad. Yeah. And you know, we hang on to them because yeah, we don't have a whole lot. We don't have that many. So we hang on even in their, even, you know, in their flaws, which we all are, we all are flawed and we all have, you know, those shortcomings, you know, Pac had a lot of shortcomings. Watani, his manager said he was the smartest dumb person. He knew he would have intelligent conversations. Pac would go to the bathroom and come back talking some dumb shit. Like that's what real niggas do. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know, he gonna smoke weed. We're going to drink this drink. Right? Cause that's what real niggas do. Right. Um, that was a great edit by the way. Came in with it. That shit was dope. Um, even Mike Tyson said, he was like, yeah, you know, Tupac was a good kid, but he was like almost ashamed of being a good kid, almost ashamed of being mm. smart. You know, the whole menace to society thing again. Mm -hmm. You know, he got to be a real nigga. He can't be smart, nigga. He got to mm -hmm. be a real one. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm not playing this character if he doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. But he does exist, Pac. You're him. Mm -hmm. At your core, the 17-year-old mm -hmm. in the interview. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Like, that's you, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I even feel like that's that's a that's a huge turning point, too, because I feel like when he talks about his heart being broken because he's too nice. The girl tells him he's too nice. Yeah. That probably was the turning point for him. Oh, yeah. You know, that one incident, <laughs> along with many others, probably was a huge turning point. And that's not to say that Pac was, you know, living a lie. Uh, but I think maybe he had a little bit of imposter syndrome, mm. a little bit. Only because he was so much, he had so much more depth than he revealed. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, yeah, it, you know, the whole what if thing, what if. But to your point, Damien, let me ask you this question. And I love Cube, love Cube to death. But if Cube died after only being in the limelight for five years, do you think there could have been as many documentaries or things made about him to the extent that Tupac? Because I really think well, that this documentary points out because of a Faney and because of his upbringing, yeah, yeah. that's what makes Pac the icon that he is. That's really the biggest separation to me. Yeah. So the, so the answer is definitively no, because Cube was a talented young dude. Yeah. He didn't have the same life experiences that, mm. that Pac did. Right. These documentaries on Pac center on the experiences that he had. Mm -hmm. Pac's death centers on the experiences that he had. Um, we can, I don't know why we're killing off Ice Cube, but if we formulated, <laughs> nah, nah. no, no, but you know what I mean? If we formulated nah, an yeah, idea yeah. as to how, it, like the circumstances, it, they would just not be the same. Yeah. Um, you, the, the question is mute if you say, if you take Pac's life and put it on Cube, is the story different? Well, fuck yeah, dumb shit. Of course, it's different. Like yeah. it's the but Pot Cube is just an extremely talented individual who could write rhymes. Who was behind some of the earliest and greatest forms of yeah. gangster rap we had ever seen. Mm -hmm. So, however, his demise would come in this fictitious scenario before Predator is told. You're telling the story of the death, but his life probably doesn't lead to that story. 
Right. There's probably a story that leads to that story, whereas Pac's life in the limelight led to that night in Las Vegas. Yeah, there's a there's a direct line to everything involving Tupac Shakur that leads to that night in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that was phenomenal. Dude, incredible. Was yeah, phenomenal. absolutely incredible. Should win every award that's nominated yeah, for. Yeah, not even close. Show put it in the theaters so you could win a absolutely. so you could win an Academy Award. Put it in the theaters. Just, Quick. You just have to put it in there one day and mm-hmm. and go win an Academy Award. Quickly, what was your like biggest takeaway from the documentary as a whole? Um just that that Pac did a lot in that time and I just kept thinking, I like a lot of the times we talked about like, man, I wish he was still here and, you know, he would have been doing this. I don't know. Right. He was running himself into the ground, whether it was, you know, by purpose or not. But what we got out of Tupac was essentially probably what we would have got for a long time. Maybe he comes back. Maybe it changes. Right. Maybe because I don't think he would have been doing music forever. Right. He might have been doing music another couple of years yeah. and then he would have done movies and stuff like that. But as far as the music. And the, the artistry of what he was doing on the on on the big screen as well, I thought I thought we got maybe the best of Tupac, and I'm I'm grateful that we were able to live through that and see that because uh, we got we got an absolute uh, megastar and a giant in, in in this industry. Absolutely, the final year of Pac's life, he didn't want. He, didn't he did. Want, he did not want that last year. That's the way a, it went. That's a great mm. point because I feel you. I feel the same way. From death row to to the whole Biggie stuff, like all that, that's not what he wanted in yeah. his final year. But it was the opportunity he was presented. Mm-hmm. He took it with, you know, with without consulting anybody. He just because I think I think another thing, and I I think the three of us have long known this is for a long time there was a. Uh, and 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 Suge and Death Row, they absolutely did get Pac out of jail. Pac was getting out of jail anyways. Like he had people who were getting him out of jail. Exactly. Suge jumped in at the right time. They wrote a contract on paper. Pac took it, flew out to LA, did everything that he did, and then the next three hundred and fifty days went the way that they went. Yeah. But it felt clear in the moments leading to, and I don't remember who said it. And then here comes Suge Knight. He didn't want none of that. That's not what he wanted. He took it because he mm-hmm. saw it. I feel like he saw it as a way to get to where he wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But that's not what he wanted. Yeah. You, you got to watch it. Uh, you, 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 you've got to watch it. If you have the ability to watch it, just one after the other after the other. Uh, do that just as you should do with this podcast. Just go back and listen to all the shows from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, wherever you're listening, we appreciate you so much for being with us again. Follow across the platforms. Uh, that's the dope one. That's KC. I'm D Lo again. Appreciate you for being with us, and we'll see you next week on Corners of the Culture. Peace. Peace.